Welcome to podcast 182 of Five Star Potential, your weekly football manager podcast. I'm Matt, and on this week's pod, I'm joined by Dave, Doop, and Joe. Yep, and this week... Oh, hello. <laughs> this week's so focus it is going to be uh, about the host of the most, Matt's uh, South Coast save. And our spotlight will be shining on the urban myths of morale. Uh, welcome, gentlemen. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. Hello, hello, bonjour. hello. Yeah, bonjour now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're going to do, um, obviously, the save focus this week. We're going to be looking at, uh, behind the curtain, at Matt's save with Bournemouth. Uh, obviously, the long-time listeners will remember Matt's vendetta with Jason Fookin Tyndall. Uh, but for those of you that are new to the pod, why don't you explain, Matt, how the beef started and why you've chosen to take over at Bournemouth in an offline save? So, the beef started because Tyndall took my job, basically. Uh, so many moons ago, I had a save with Spurs that I may have been encouraged to uh, carry on on a 24-hour stream that didn't go so well once the delirium set in towards the end of it. And I'd seen that the Blackburn job was available, so I thought, you know what, I'm going for this, and resigned from Spurs so I I could get it. And then Jason fucking Tyndall goes and gets it instead despite him having no prior managerial experience bear in mind in this save I'd done pretty well with Spurs I completely stripped out all of the foreign players and were, were entirely Brexit compliant Curry likes this. Likes this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also won a Champions League as well I thought I'm a shoo-in for this Blackburn job they're in the championship still struggling thought it's mine all over it I've, I don't even have a job they're getting someone with Champions League pedigree at a snip and uh, instead Tyndall got it and I've hated him ever since and so since he's been sacked in real life I thought fuck it I'm getting revenge now, and so I, I've taken over Bournemouth in an on, offline save. Well, it's been offline, but we've been sharing it in Discord anyway. Not that you guys really care that much, but we care. I think, I think my favourite thing about the whole thing is, is whenever I see you start a new save, the first thing you do is not check the team, check the staff, is go to his profile and add the fucking in on the on the nickname. <laughs> The shit list is a thing. Yeah. Like, I don't know why I don't... I, I should probably call it more than a shit list because I don't use the word shit. But, uh, yeah, anyone that has wronged me in FM, th- th- they get they get the fucking added to their name. Who's editing the pod this week? Because it can be called the <laughs> list. Oh, well, there you go. Oh, dear. Three minutes in, well done. That's a no new record. Need, no need. I was going to say, you can't edit the database to permanently put him as Jason fucking Tyndall because otherwise we'll call him Steve. <laughs> <laughs> and also you get no uh, no, no leaderboardness <laughs> yeah, there, yeah is there anyone else yeah. on the shit list Matt who else can be who else is on that list oh there's loads Andy Andy Scott is is up there Andy fucking Scott uh, Andy fucking Scott <laughs> Martin Odegaard as well Odegaard yeah isn't that him from uh, Silly Bank Andy Scott uh, Barry that's Scott, Barry Scott uh, that's though. Barry Scott yeah he, he may well be on it <laughs> Barry, well, Barry fucking Scott <laughs> <laughs> There That's the after 9pm, that is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Barry fucking Scott. <laughs> is he well? Um, no, no, I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to <laughs> I think you've overused it to the point where it's now become ridiculous. There's the um, man that's used a fucking joke for the last, uh, I don't know, four years. Yeah. <laughs> get over what it, Matt. Like? It was an artificial job. Grow so, up. It's not a joke, is it? Yeah, it's just why a did thread he of narrative. Why did he resign from Tottenham? Um, I can't remember really actually nah. um, yeah exactly we yeah. just move on um, it was the pizza yeah, so, dodgy pizza man wasn't it he told you to do it but yeah there's no real like other beef apart Andy Scott was because he took 
my job. He replaced me at Middlesbrough on a save, and then I took his job when he was at West Brom, which is just weird. One of those managerial merry-go-rounds. But, yeah, no real beef with other managers apart from those two clowns. But it's it's beef that will never die, I don't think. So have you got any rules for the save, or have you just jumped straight into that Bournemouth job? I'd assume first first season, try and get him back into the Premier League. There was no rules at all. It was just a, supposed to be a dick about, to be honest. I wasn't paying that much attention to it. Which is weird because I normally over prepare and then don't play it at all. Whereas I've just thought, actually, I'm just going to play FM for a bit. So no real, no real rules other than adhering to the board's requests. I should probably get into sort of how far I got through actually. So first season, smashed it. Couldn't make any signings because I had no transfer budget, and won the league at pretty much at a canter by the end of it. Um, I think I got 101 points. The closest person to us was Norwich. I think they finished on. 80-something, so we, we destroyed pretty much everyone. Um, yeah, very few signings. Got Jack Jack Wheelchair out of re- semi-retirement <laughs> on a free because, it like so this was started on the original, like, let's say the original database, but um, pre-March release because obviously hasn't been released yet. But this on the default FM database, so Jack Wheelchair was av- available on a free still rather than being actually at Bournemouth like he is in real life now. Um, and then a couple of loans to supplement what I already had. Uh, key players would probably be... Dominic Solanke was actually surprisingly good. And... What's his face? King. Was okay, but injury-prone AF, so didn't really... He, he went on like a 20-game scoring streak and then got crocked and never really got back to hitting the heights. Yeah, I was going to ask about Josh King because you see him a lot either refused to sign a new contract to Bournemouth and leave, or obviously he's now moved to, to Everton in real life. Did you Was that something you did quite quickly, sign him up, or was he, did he refuse at first? Yeah, I think you guys were in the Discord call when I did it. I basically went went around all of those sort of close to, with uh, contracts running, support running down. I think Lewis Cook was a key one. Uh, Josh King was another. Solanke, I think, has got a f- fair couple of years left. There was one more. I think Adam Smith the uh, the right back was another one who I earmarked as like key guys that I need to keep either keep hold of or at least increase their value when it comes to January to keep hold of them and make it worth my while because their money or the money available was going to drop down. Um, no real outbound transfers to speak of apart from Sergio Rico who was awful and I don't know how <laughs> he's actually a left back in the game because he does none of the defendings. So he was the only. I sort of sold him to make a bit more money available in the wage budget to sort of re-sign contracts and stuff. Uh, so obviously you've been been promoted now. You had a big sale, didn't you, when you went into the Premier League? A big what? Sorry. A big sale. A big sale. Yeah. Um, you yes. sell someone for money. I did. Yeah, actually, that yeah. Uh, that was uh, that was a bit of a weird one, really. I, I I was surprised that Jefferson Lerma was actually still at Bournemouth sort of in real life anyway, when I started the save. And he was he was decent for me, pretty much. Uh, I wouldn't say quite stay, say star player because I sort of moved him around in the midfield. But he was he was worth 24 million by the end of the season in, in the championship, which is a bit mental. Yeah. And then Spurs stupidly agreed to give me double his value. I think I'd made 46.5 million on him which is insane so that meant that I got a fairly decent transfer kitty for the first season back in the Prem but that sort of 
was bolstered a little bit and I've sort of reinvested to uh, to sort of rebuild. Um, I mean, spoilers here. I'm I'm now I've just finished January, so I've been able to bring in quite a few players. So the rebuild for like the first season, I've signed sort of Willie Orban, Ryan Gould, Jesse Lingard on a free, which is a decent nice. bit of business. Uh, Robin Olsen from Roma, four million. He had settled status because he was at Everton, so he made sense. Uh, Levin Kazawa from PSG for a bit of a snip, just over five mil. Uh, Reese Nelson on loan didn't play him, and then Thierry Henry kicked off because he's now the Arsenal manager, so he's gone back. Patrick, who's a probably lesser known right back, who's actually fairly solid defensively, big one, and probably the star performer of anyone for four million pounds. Christian Pavon, I've wanted to sign him oh, forever yes. on FM. And for four million, he's been the standout. Odson Edouard, less so. I think <laughs> he he's great against championship teams in the FA Cup, but he scored one ridiculous fluke goal against uh, United, where De Gea cleared it and smashed it into his face, and he scored from that. But I don't think he scored in the league since. Um, Jose Juan Macias from Chivas, which was quite expensive, but loads of other clubs were floating around him. He's been real hit and miss and injured or on international duty with Mexico. Thiago Almada has been a decent pickup as well, who's took a while to get going, but he's been okay. And then uh, my most recent one, just in January, is uh, Mark Rocker from yes. Bayern for 11.75 mil, who is actually worth 22.5. So that was a, a decent pickup to sort of replace some of the, the midfield. Um, I got rid of some of the dead weight or the people that were whining and bitching about stuff, but <laughs> no one cares about those. Well, uh, Joe, didn't you sign, I know it's not about the Serie so, but didn't you sign Pavon as well this season? For, I did. Uh, for Inter. How, three, he was doing all right. Three million, million I think. Yeah, until yeah. he's like dead now. I can't <laughs> mention, what, was, what was it? I can't even remember what it was. Broke was his it? leg, didn't he? Broken, Broken leg. leg. Like, yeah. So he's out for the season, but I signed him as a backup. Um, but he was actually, he was playing out of his skin whilst Hakimi was at the African Cup of Nations. And yeah, he's, he's, he's well, he's always been a great player in FM, but this year he's cheaper. And I think he's had a bit of a an attribute nerf, but he's still kind of, his physicals are still brilliant for that yeah, kind of up still, and down that right wing. Brilliant. Yeah. His, his stamina, I think, is his, the fact that he's got an insane pace and ridiculous stamina means he's just perfect. He just doesn't stop. And he's one of the only players I've seen, if you play him as an inside, like either inverted winger or inside forward, who actually tracks back, which just doesn't seem to happen in my experience. But- yeah, you've got like Kazawa as well. He's someone that always pops up for the last couple of years on the transfer list. And he's not one that I think I've ever taken a punt on, to be fair. But I think for any level, really, even if you're a top player, having someone of his quality as a backup for that value, I think it's a no-brainer, really. So I think... Is he starting for you at left back? I'm, um, for the most part, because I'm like, I've spent a fair amount of money. Like in the, so in the, I've spent what, how much? Uh, sixty-four million over a season, which mm. is quite a lot for me. I'm usually pretty tight, and I tried to sign most people on a on a free, for at least for the first season in the Prem. But because we lost quite a few players, and really there wasn't a lot of depth, I felt like I needed the investment to actually stand a chance. Um, but. Because I was sort of, I've interchanged him with Lloyd Kelly, who's actually a, like a young English, he's sort of a centre half slash, slash left back, and because he's better defensively, I've played him in games where I think I'm going to struggle a bit down the left hand side to act, act as a bit, basically a, a centre back that can cross rather than just someone <laughs> who's great going forward, and it seems to have worked for the most part. But he, I, I think 
because I was started more than he has, and I've also started him a bit, a bit at, in the centre as well. He's fairly quick, so yeah. a bit of a uh, rotation. But yeah, I think there's a couple of decent little players you start with. Actually, uh, him, Mepham's decent, although he was injured for a long time, and uh, Namdi Offerbore, who was in the under twenty threes. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> who's actually been really good and I think I loaned him I accidentally loaned him because I didn't realise or he was at loan at the start S- saw him still loitering in the under 23s he's pretty close to Philip Billing who was kicking off at the time so I binned Billing off sold him uh, to Hoffenheim or some other sucker in Germany and uh, brought him in instead and he's been fairly decent for a young player and also because he's he's Nigerian but he's also uh, second nationality is English or other way around. I can't remember which, but he's he's been really good and cheap. So, he's, what uh, uh, what system have you actually been using? And what formation have have you been using? Have you had to change since getting promoted, or are you sort of stuck with the been same? Dicking around same a bit, and like so, which has coincided with a bit of a dip in form. But last season, I sort of flitted between a four four two and uh, like a a four three three. But due to the injuries to like mainly Josh King, because I only had two like players that could actually play as strikers, the four three three happened, and I kind of stuck with it a bit. And then I've kind of continued with that this season, um, and sort of tried to recruit. I mean, I'll be honest, my recruitment was a bit a bit haphazard, and it was like, oh, I can sign players now, and just started getting people who were available rather than who would actually work in the system. And I think now I finally sort of tweaked it enough to the point where it's working with the players I now have um, so it might be another bigger recruitment drive in the summer but 4-3-3 is pretty much how I'm going it's fairly nondescript really it's not really anything special it's not like a gag and press there's, so there's nothing really stand out it's just it works with the players I'm not really scoring enough I think that's more down to Eduard and not really knowing how to play him and how to get the best out of him but mm. The uh, like most of my goals have come from Pavon. Pavon's my top scorer at the moment in all comps, which is not ideal when he's like <laughs> supposed to be the creative outlet. Now you're back up in the prem with Bournemouth. If you uh, you're struggling to score goals, can you tempt Callum Wilson back or anyone back to the vitality at all? Newcastle are twats <laughs> in the transfer market. I mean, the swear market. count this week is fucking tremendous. <laughs> they're, they're just bellends they want ridiculous money for everyone like I, I did go in for Callum Wilson initially before I went in for Edouard and they wanted 42 million and he's 29 it's not like he's young anymore so it didn't make financial sense to spend like a, which would have been at that point a large portion of my transfer budget on a striker who I like and I've signed him in the past but when he's 30 it seems like a lot even if he's going to sort of hopefully guarantee goals but Went for Edouard, um, and yeah, unfortunately, he's not not really been. He's he's got plenty of assists, but just not scoring, which is again not exactly ideal when you're spending nearly twenty million on one player, which at that point was a third of my transfer budget. So, what's the the long term plan, mate? Are you gonna just keep at it? Is there any goals in mind or any? possible changes? I like what Joe uh, put on the notes here. Possibly uh, Harry's homegrown. You know, Bournemouth sort of type save or... It's kind of... I guess it's kind of gone that way at the moment. I don't really... I think I've got seven cl- like players classed as foreign players. Now, that does include some who have like the settled status that does disappear eventually. Um, I think you've got... You get like two years uh, for players that were already here when Brexit hits. 
Um, it maybe transforms to that. I'm I'm not really. I don't know because then I think if I do that, there's going to be a lot of particularly new gens who come who will come through, and I may if I restrict myself from not signing those, I think I'd be a bit annoyed. No real long term goal is just sort of get like now I'm in the premise. It the, obviously the first goal is stay there. The board are fairly lenient with what they wanted me to achieve. They just wanted to fight against relegation. I'm currently sat mid table, and I'm doing all right. I'm, I've sort of nicked some points off teams I shouldn't have got points from and then equally dropped points against like relegation candidates. So um, mid-table is more than what the board were expecting. We've done okay in the FA Cup as well. So the only thing they're not they're annoyed at me about is not playing attacking football, but I try and play attacking football in the Prem. I'm getting relegated, so they can go suck one, basically. But apart from that, everything's fine. But yeah, no, no real long-term aims. Obviously... Uh, Europe would be nice initially, but I don't think I have the squad for that at the moment. What's their um? What's their cl- club vision, Matt? Like because obviously there's such a the, the size of the, the facility that they have, um, and they're not the. I mean, apologise to any Bournemouth fans, but they're not the biggest club out there. Um, do do they have long term kind of stretch goals to build a new stadium or anything that built into the game? Or I had the weird weird thing where you get like they say like as soon as I got repromoted to the Prem that they said we'll build a new stadium and it had TBC for everything like, so oh. so so they're, there's plans but they don't have any plans so I don't know whether that's actually going to come to fruition or not um, the the academy's okay like they've got some I've no golden generations in fact I've had the most like ridiculous um, youth intakes for the past couple of years I did have I've just sold one of my better prospects to Brighton with a 50% uh, sell-on clause plus money. So if that if he does turn into anything amazing, which he won't, but if he does, at least I'll get a fair amount for him. Mm. Just going back to that building a new stadium. Do they is it Bournemouth that normally end up sharing with Watford when they ever when they uh, start building their new stadium? I see it every time. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's Bournemouth that. that end up playing at Watford. It's because it's such a random one, isn't it? But it's like having the Brighton Crystal Palace rivalry. It's like that's a weird. Kind of derby, isn't it? But I'm sure they they have a Watford or Palace that they share ground with. So I've just checked. Mm. Just checked. It says future stadium plans, stage searching, searching for site, planned capacity, nineteen thousand. Nineteen thousand <laughs> in the what are you on now? What's the 14? fucking point? They've got about twelve and a half, aren't they? Yeah. Tw- yeah. Under twelve thousand. Yeah. Tiny man, their ground. Yeah, they get out. Yeah, they beat us. I think it was the year they came up from the championship, but like they um. It's so for an away day, like the the you can only take I think fifteen hundred fans you can have, which is crap really. So um, that's pretty much the whole of Wolves support, right? Uh, yeah, mate, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, it's uh, it's I, I think I went on a Tuesday night for a loss all the way down there. It was horrible. So plastic. Yeah, <laughs> it's a nice drive for me. Oh, I love the A thirty four. Same. It's really. <laughs> I'm just trying to work out. Like surely, like Southampton's. A little bit closer than that, Portsmouth. Yeah, I think that's I mean, why it's in my head. I think that's why it's in my head. Why it's such a weird one. I'll have to have a look and see if it's on any of the saves from a little bit further forward. I'm sure it's one of those yeah. FM things where you see it and they've moved there. It's like Redding's it doesn't just look as like far. it's going to be for a while. Mm. Anyway, so maybe I'll find out at some point. I mean, tell us in like pod number two hundred and something. You can tell us. Who with Champions no League winners by then? No one cares. <laughs> 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 I don't even care. <laughs> oh, Thanks, Matt. <laughs> uh, anyway, that, that probably brings that 
section to a close, gents. Um, now everyone cannot care about my save that no one knows about. Maybe I'll do one of those fancy, uh, fancy graphics, infographics about. Yes. It, so everyone cannot care together. Don't don't do it, mate. Because it will be done by November, and you won't have played the game anymore. Just carry <laughs> on doing what you're story. doing, mate. Just playing the game. Just keep your head it's, down, mate. Just, it's amazing just how much fun it is when you actually just play it. Agreed. This week, we're looking at the dark art of managing morale. Whether it's playing time pathways, uh, contract renewals, or a poor trainer, it's your managerial skill to keep the player mentality as high as possible to do the best for your club. This section is probably one of those where Dave will learn a thing or two, and judging by his current form with Milan, hey. <laughs> it might just be timed right. Uh, so, gentlemen, how do we approach mentality in Football Manager? I guess, Dave, you can sit out for this one. Uh, <laughs> well, well, no, actually, I think Dave should start because apparently he's been in the network save tonight before uh, yeah. before I joined, trying to improve morale in his squad. So I'd be interested to listen to what he's been doing. Right. Well, I, it's only because we had a conversation last night about how you were sort of micromanaging everything. And I thought... Right, to give a bit of a, a backstory, obviously everyone who listened to last week's pod knows sort of whereabouts we were. We we're sort of over halfway in the second season and I'm outside the top six as we speak. So I'm in a bit after spending over 100 million in the January window. So I'm in a bit of a, a strange position. Um, it's not like I do it a lot. Yeah, if it pops up in my inbox, I'll praise the top player for his training, for argument's sake. Um before we started the pod, when I was in the save, I was praising any, everyone with like 7.5 plus. Just obviously up that morale slightly as well. Um, but I'm trying to think other than that, really. Um, there's probably other things. I'll, I'm, if a player's had a good game, I might praise them after that. But I'll only ever do it almost if it pops up in the inbo- inbox. A lot of the time, I don't go out my own way to do it. Um so yeah, I'm, I'm quite like la- you guys know I'm lazy playing the game, but I, I, like you can like you, you know just, I'm just quite give it lazy stuff like that. Quintuple really. though, Quin, quintuple. Yeah, well, that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Five yeah, but times. it probably doesn't help when I skip. I don't know if you guys are doing it in the network save. I skip uh, press conferences and stuff like that, and I think it probably doesn't have a huge inf- in, uh, impact. But I probably underestimate what sort of boost on morale because sometimes if you give a good comment now about a player or to a player. Um, you know, they do react to that. So I probably should go out of my way to maybe spend 30 seconds of time doing a little bit more of them and that, and make an AC Milan graphic for the, the boardroom as well, the press conference room. Yeah, I mean, turning turn up with a Wolves background <laughs> yeah, might have yeah. something to do with it. But I, um, I'm a little bit less lazy with press conferences. I do actually go into them, but I always I always pick the one in, for, like second one in from the yeah, left-hand side and I just click one. it loads and it always seems to be all right. <laughs> Sometimes you pick the wrong answer, but... I'd... You said you wanted to sell Latoura Martinez. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it comes up with a little drop-down of um, who you'd select and I'm like, what yeah. am I fucking picking here? <laughs> <laughs> you normally, like, you're all right. If it comes up with, like, Messi, Ronaldo, Haaland, you're like, yeah. oh, it must be, like, World Player of the Year or something. Yeah. But, yeah. Press conferences. I, I, I do them. I do them for that reason. I don't do them... Because I think it increases. I do it so that the assistant manager doesn't fuck it up. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I think I need to do. I mean, just off topic, but beforehand, like I know a lot. Of you both improved your staff massively at the start. I've got the club want me to have ten coach, uh, ten scouts and stuff. I've got twenty two. Same with coaches, and I've checked. I've got four, um, four fitness coaches, and only three other coaches. And all my other coaches are just all defensive. 
So I've got no attack. I've got no attacking coach. Yeah, well, I know, but I've got no attacking coaches whatsoever. So I've got rid of one of them, and I'm going to bring an attack. That's probably why I ain't scoring goals as well. <laughs> but yeah, just little, little things like I, I, I don't go out my way as much to to up the morale than I probably should. To be honest, I probably go too far. I, I, you know, I praise everyone for the training if they're over a certain. If they're green, I, I go into the training once a week and do it. Um, I'm very conscious of what I do on my training schedule as well uh, to try and improve so you can do the, the team bonding and all that jazz. That community outreach, that does actually improve morale, I'm pretty sure, until somebody tells me I'm fucking wrong. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, praise conduct. Um, I tell people when they have a bad game. I tell people when they have a good game. Uh, I'm a bit lenient when it comes to, like, transfers so if somebody kicks up a fuss then you're out i don't even try i'm just like you're out i don't want you here if you don't want to be here you don't want to be here uh, i've said it to my wife many of times and it hasn't worked <laughs> as well as i've wanted it to but it works in football manager so you know happy days um, she, she turns around and just says i'm happy to be here <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i think for me though a lot of the time is i'm not i haven't got the massive massive star so i don't know whether it's easier for me so for example um Dave, you've got some very strong personalities in that squad. You've brought more in with Bruno. Uh, Joe's got some massive superstars in his squad. Not saying I don't have superstars because I've got good players, but I don't, you know, I really like younger players uh, and I always lean towards a younger player over an older player, mainly because I don't have much money and I like to be able to buy them young and, and sell them high. I basically moneyball it, right? <laughs> um, but No, no yeah, superstars, but, but wanted to transfer listed Koulibaly. Mm. <laughs> it's got yeah. Manolas that scores about 40 goals a year Victor yeah, Seaman Dries Mertens I don't have a single player that valued over 30 million yeah. that's, that's your fault I'm second of the league it's working right you know yeah, we're doing, you we're do doing alright um, but I've always thought I mean I've always thought it's definitely more so um, kind of morale manager if you've got good morale and the team are happy and you, you play a good system then it almost plays itself in my opinion in in this network save I haven't touched training at all I've just let up because of, of the speed that we've kind of been going through it mm -hmm. I've just kind of thought you know this time I'm going to leave my assistant to just do everything normally I go in and I adapt every week what we're doing I haven't touched it once and because of like the Wednesday Saturday fixtures because we're obviously we don't when you play kind of single play you don't normally play that I don't, what I don't want to do is fuck something up and make it worse. So I've just kind of gone, let the assistant do it and they'll manage that Wednesday, Saturday schedule. So that's been left to a side. But going back to the, like the micromanaging, you're saying with the training, I do every player that has performed over a nine always gets praise. Every single time you get that bit in the inbox, the criticising, yeah. criticise everybody that comes up in red. That's it, they're done. Yeah. Um, on my squad view, I have their training, their, their marker, so the green, amber, red. Um, so the traffic light system. So I... I Anybody that's kind of negative on there gets criticised. I do that every week. But as you say, the morale side of it is, is something I think is, is key to doing it. And I was I pulled up a little picture that I thought I'd, just, I'd drop in here to show you on my squad view. I don't know if any of you use this because I know some of you use the squad view. But I use this quite a lot. And basically, you have playing time and overall happiness. And you can yeah. see that their overall happiness can be very happy, but their playing time, they can be concerned. Mm. So I use that quite a lot as well, just to make sure, because that you tend to get the different colours on there, 
before they go into the press or come to you in the inbox to say that they're unhappy. So if you keep an eye on that, you'll see when they're starting to get a little bit, you know, a little bit upset, and it might be worth you could just drop them a start or drop, you know, in a cup game or something like that, just to get them get them a bit of playing time. And especially if you've promised them something, obviously it's got their promises in there as well. So that's that's quite. A, I go to that screen quite a lot. See, I I use pretty much all of your views, and this is one that I have been using because I've had. Generally, I'm pretty decent at managing morale. It's one of the sort of the things that I've sort of. It's the easiest way I find to keep runs going is by managing that, and whether it's through individual praise or praising training or not praising training when you've done it quite a lot, it's the same people, so it sort of reduces its effectiveness. But I've had. Uh, I think I was saying about it last night. I had the. I, t- I don't know if it's classed as a bugger, if it's just a bit shit when you get a player that's injured and they can't fulfill playing time, and yet they're still expecting the same, like to give you the playing time when you can't. That out of potential stance, there are none because you've been injured. And Jack Wheelchair was the the, the example I I used because he was out with a cold when it basically came moaning because he wasn't starting. He'd been out with a cold, couldn't start him. Then I started to, wanted to start him, gets injured within the first 12 minutes or whatever it was of the game beginning. So then he was out for four weeks and we'd played like six matches in those four weeks, maybe more. And then him and Ryan Gould both came in at the same time complaining that they weren't sort of being, having their playing time fulfilled. Well, Ryan Gould was out injured for a while as well. And then wheelchair was broken. So get fucked, both of you. Um, <laughs> to the point where, in fact, even Gould had been playing a lot. In Out of potential starts, he started at least 50 and was still whining like a little bitch. Um, so it, all well and good, sort of planning as much as you can and trying to use views to try and circumvent that. There are things that the game needs to improve and that in particular. But then equally, I had the same similar thing with Josh King, who had a long-term injury, was expecting to play more, but then acknowledged that he can't, or shouldn't be playing because he's been out for three months. So it just, I just wish it was a bit more um, consistent, I guess. I was literally just about to say, you get that when, when you've promised a player a transfer and they've been injured and can't get a move, they'll often come in and say, look, appreciate it because of their injury, you haven't been able to sell them. Um, I'm just wondering now whether it's orange injured or red injured because obviously a cold will only be an orange injured, won't it? So maybe they're counting that, whereas I would never start a player on orange injured and you're probably the same. So maybe I wonder if it's something to do with... Well, Wilshire there was, there was, Wilshire was out for four weeks. Yeah. Four weeks before he had the like he was out for he had the cold, so that was four days. I'd sent him home because um, actually it might have been a virus rather than a cold. But then he was out with a like an ankle injury for for four weeks, we so he couldn't idiot play. footballers. Yeah, <laughs> pricks. <laughs> I'm um, yeah. I think it's very funny because we had that back in seventeen or eighteen when I had Renato Sanchez to ask for more game time. Uh, the and I started him and then he he got sent off in that game and then straight after the game he asked for more game time and well I can't because you're banned um, so it's literally impossible um, but promises are massive um, and do you know what Joe I didn't even know I've just gone on now I must have had that unticked because I I use your views and I haven't got promises on that and that's one thing that I've been very very uh, I mean, I've been giving out a lot of promises at Napoli because um, well, basically players aren't overly happy uh, at the start of the game. So I've been promising them more game time or even getting transfers in again because we've got the smaller rep. We're promising people 
um, you know, certain things in the contract. Um, and that's, you know, you, you miss one of them and you are screwed. It fucks up with one person and then the, everyone comes to you and gets upset. So, yeah, that's a really good point to be fair, Joe. Do you know what? With some of the promises, the ones when you bring a player in, if you forget to take off, like they want you to strengthen the midfield. I got bitten with um, Rafael Guerrero. Signed him. Obviously, you know he was going to be a key part of my squad for this season. And he added uh, once the midfield strengthened. That's a midfield of Vidal, Barella, Brozovic. Um, it's like you know Eriksson, Sanchez. There's quite a few good midfielders in there. And I didn't. And literally, he kicked off. Um, luckily, it goes. It went away after the transfer window had finished. Uh, he oh. said, "Oh, he appreciates that. You know, um, just we're in a good position." Blah 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 blah. But it's so easy to get negative. It's easy. It's like um, you know, business reputation is it? it takes a lifetime to build a reputation. Five seconds to ruin it. And it's like yeah. that's like with FM. You you say one thing and you're through the floor, and it takes you forever to build that morale back up. And one of the things that I. Um, it's really it's a tip that I don't know if a lot of people do. You know when you get players coming to you asking for a new contract or they feel they deserve a new contract. Um, one thing that I've been doing a lot, because I know you'd know with the Intersave, obviously I've been trying to reduce the wage bill. Even though I don't need to, like three and a half million a week is far too much for me. And I'm, I'm just getting rid of players and I'm renegotiating contracts and stuff like that. But Brozovic come to me, as you know, because you both tried to sign him. Um, he wanted 245 grand a week which was up from 89 grand a week and bearing in mind he's in his last couple of years of playing really I was like no not having it but Barella come to me and wanted a new contract as well now he's 23-24 I mean he's a worldie of a centre midfielder but he wanted a new contract and being mindful of I'm trying to reduce the wage budget I selected give him a contract at the end of the season so his new contract starts at the end of the season rather than starting mm. straight away. So you actually keep your same wage budget until you finish the season and you've got a few more people leaving on a free, freeing up a, you know some extra wages. So that's a good one for if you don't, if you're going, oh, I'm, I'm right on my budget of kind of wage limit here, tell them that you'll give them a contract. You know, when it comes onto the contract screen, instead of immediately just change it to end of season and they'll still be happy. Mm. Yeah, because I mean, you've got six months of half, technically half the price there, right? Because yeah. you've got six, six months of him playing at that lower value as well. Uh, as well as saving that so yeah that's a, that's a good chat i always do that i always hate it and you always find it you get it before a big game or like a couple of games to go where you're in for the title or cup game and they're like yeah i want a new contract you're like uh can we just finish this and then we'll, we'll have a chat bunch of twads i hate it when i i've had similar things when it comes to like the renegotiation or the, the timing of the renegotiation of con renegotiation of contracts but it's I've had it a couple of times when I've almost sort of gone into that meeting sort of on the back foot it sort of says angry and then the the the, uh, the agents also clearly pissed off as well and it's like well how do I fix this straight away and it's almost like you've backed into a corner to a point where I don't think I should really be backed in I'm, I'm bang on the same you just reminded me so when they say they want a new contract and you go all right fair enough you're a good player and I don't want to lose you you go in there and the agent has locked in like a minimum fee release clause mm. and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. How's about no? Where's the negotiation going on here? And immediately I see that and I'm like red rag to a ball. I'm like, nah, not giving you a contract. But then you've got a pissed off player straight away. And you're like, oh, so no frustrating. Your own there. But you can't, and like, you know when, the, when a player wants too much money and you're negotiating with them and then they 
it goes to red because you can't negotiate, but then it's your fault that they've not been given a new yeah. contract. Well, you rejected it, mate. I've yeah. I've put me nuts on the line here, and you're the one now getting pissed off yeah. saying oh, I haven't offered you a new contract. Go fuck yourself. I, I, yeah. had, I had that situation with Philip Billing where I said, you're not getting a contract till the end of the season because he'd been injured for a fair amount and I hadn't really played him. Uh, I think it was both. He wanted a new contract and he hadn't played, so he was complete kicking off for two different things. And then it was a case of I either have one pissed off player about this because then like I think you we'd spoken about this before, where one player who plays in the same position as in as you've got four four or five other players, particularly if it's like a centre half, for example, and you piss one off. Um, because one wants a contract, like you say, no to your contract, and the others are all happy. Or I piss three others off by giving in to his demands. So it's like sometimes it's a case of having to to manage the lesser of two evils. We 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 spoke about it recently, actually. Um, when you get the when you get when you get somebody saying they want more game time, and you say no, and then three or four players turn up and they say, "Oh, you should be giving this guy more game time." And then you would just respond, well, if I give him game time, I've got to drop you. And they all go, yeah, actually, no, don't don't play him. That'd be, <laughs> that's not a good idea to play him. We're with you, boss. <laughs> Cheers, mate. It's just like, God, so fickle. Such a fickle world, we, we, uh, the sporting world, right? Absolute pricks, basically. <laughs> now, I've been, some of the options recently, I've not found one certain way to get around a lot of the, uh, like, when they approach you so like the contract ones sometimes they'll say at the end of the season and it works some of the players I use that and it doesn't work so I'm still trying to I don't know like in previous games there was always a go-to and it would always work I'm never sure whether to use like the manager gestures like putting your arm around him and stuff I did that a little bit um, like pre-pod just trying to like up the morale and the younger player I think it was Colombo uh, I put my arm around him and he it, like he upped his you know Steady. Yeah, uh, oh, it, it his, uh, what? <laughs> um, it improved his um, body language and uh, morale straight did. away. So. Yeah. <laughs> Get hard on. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop talking now. <laughs> Dave's on a register. <clears throat> Tackle harder. Oh, we're not talking about. It. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Dreamlander. Uh, yeah, I, I I think it's taken me a while to sort of come around to the idea of needing to sort of be a bit more hands-on with players in terms of massaging their egos and get to get the best out of them. I think it's one one thing that I really didn't I didn't want feel like I had to do. I felt like it was sort of a, a fairly new addition. I I just kind of like to stick in stick to tactics and that was it. But then since I've sort of started managing morale a, a lot more. I've found that the game itself is a lot easier, but um, picking up on something that Joe mentioned about sort of the the fickleness of of things, it, it seems to be that it doesn't take a long time for things to fall very quickly when it seems to take forever to bring things back up. And if you're on a real bad run of form for like you, you get a, you get an unfortunate list of fixtures. So you're playing like top four teams back to back like not necessarily all away, but they're difficult games regardless. And the results don't go your way as expected. It doesn't matter how much you, you put your arm around players, they're going to be annoyed that they're losing games. And so all it takes is that sort of run to, to ruin it. Or if you're a lower league team 
and you're going on a great league run and then you go and lose in the FA Cup to, to United, for example, and it completely destroys the really good morale you've been managing for a long time. I think those those little things where it forces the wheels to well and truly come off your little happy bus is uh, is really annoying to have to deal with. Same. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> All I would say is if people do struggle with morale, maybe just like hit us up, tweet us or drop in a Discord or something and see if we can help because I think between all of us we've all got little ideas of how to help morale. Um, yeah, you know where to find us. Yeah. Not, no, don't you, you won't find us at the strip club. Um, <laughs> we're not, not allowed to lock down. Um, <laughs> I'll be in the I'll content. be in the Discord asking probably more than most people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my final little tip is actually something that Dave mentioned about sort of praising players individually who have had good games. I used to anyone who had sort of above an eight point five, they would get like the excellent treatment. Everyone else just gets standard. You've done well because then I I always felt like it sort of it encourages players to get better like more more players to have exceptional performances and generally it did really quite well so it's I, unfortunately I haven't had the opportunity to actually put that into practice because no one's got above an 8 for me so up the ticks well 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 if you're pissed off there's no quiz as well hit us up on Twitter because it's Curtis' fault for not turning up <laughs> well 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 Anyway, that does bring episode 182 to a close. You can find the links for each of us, the Five Star Pod, Twitter account, and Weestrom FM Discord server in the podcast description or by visiting weestromfm.com, where you can also find a couple of blogs that have been released over the past couple of weeks. Uh, Finding the Next, a lovely little series by Mr. Mad FM. Uh, Five Star Potential is available on iTunes, Spotify, and most of the popular podcast apps and platforms for the new podcast released every Monday. Thank you all for listening. There will be more from us next week. Say goodbye, folks. Goodbye, folks.